What is up, Goal Line listeners? We are back with a, I guess, special edition uh, episode of the Goal Line. It is New Year's Day, and we're watching some college football as we bring it to you. We're at halftime of the Michigan-Alabama college football playoff. No Monday Night Football tonight, so... Uh, hitting the goal line, you know, about it's, it's going to end up being a little bit earlier than usual, but uh, I think it's going to be a fun episode, man. We had a crazy week in football, but first, Jordan, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm um, just kind of getting back from vacation, just kind of getting readjusted and back to work tomorrow. So nothing exciting over here. It's just like you said, it's New Year's Day, some good college football going on, but outside of that, same old shit. How was the uh, trip to Colorado, dude? It was good. It was uh, it was relaxing. Um, if you've never been to Estes Park, it's a really nice place to go during the winter. It's a lot slower than it is in the summer. I know that sounds weird. You would assume it'd be busier in the winter, but it's basically dead during the winter. I mean, it was busier this week, but it's nice, man. You don't have to wait hours to get into every single place. Like We just kind of went wherever we wanted to go and just relaxed the majority of the time, though, so it was nice. Cool, man. Well, this is our uh, really last kind of regular season episode of this, man. Next week, uh, we'll be doing it during Sunday night football for the season finale. And we'll probably start a little bit later. And I'm thinking maybe we start like halfway through the third quarter or so because we're going to want to uh, get to the end so we can really predict all the the playoff games, man. But um, you ready to get into some some football talk? Yeah, let's do it. I figured we'd start a little different this week since we're starting with a college football game on. I want to kind of get your thoughts on uh, bowl games and players sitting out of them. I, this is kind of a, a newer thing in the last like five years. Um, yeah, it was never a thing growing up, man. It's just it became a trend and now it's just, yeah, dude, it's 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 widespread. It's like almost expected now if you're an NFL prospect or, or trying to, you know, be a highly touted recruit in the transfer portal. And like to an extent, I get it, but. I hate that they treat this like it's not important. Like, dude, bowl games and stuff are what pays for you to be able to go to college. Like, this is how universities get their money to to go to co- for you to go to college and get paid to go to college and things like that. So, I don't know, man. This never used to be a thing, and I hate that it's a thing now. Like, would Florida State have sitting out thirty five people or something like that? It's just yeah, it was their JV team that they sent up there to get slaughtered against Georgia. I mean. I get it to an extent. Like I, I understand it. If like if you're Caleb Williams or somebody like that, there's no way you should be playing in a game that, in the grand scheme of things, means nothing. But in the end of it, it is your last college football game. I mean, a lot of these guys, like that's the last time they'll ever step on the field, and like all their teammates sitting out is kind of does a disservice to them. So I don't know. I, I just. I think it's kind of shitty, and if that's what's going to continue, you might as well just widen the field to like 32 for the playoff and just completely kill bowl games because if that's what we're going to get, I mean, it's not even really worth watching at that point. Like, Ohio State didn't even care that they were in that bowl game the other night. Uh, but, yeah, it's just – Yeah, cool. I'm in favor of that, dude. That that And, you know, that was always the big argument against – Going to a uh, going to a playoff in college football, right? The argument you heard for years was that college football had this unique thing with the bowl system. They generated a lot of money for everybody and for the you know the towns where these bowl games would be held at. And uh, you know it was a way that in, in college football, you know, you had you know typically between twenty five and thirty bowl games. So you had twenty five or or thirty teams in the season with a happy ending, right? Like even if you're not 
necessarily playing for the national championship, you still get to win that big bowl game and, and have a nice celebration. And as soon as the playoff was introduced, man, they got devalued and that's just continued over the past decade that we've had the college football playoff in place. Um, there's some stuff they could do to try to fix it. You know, maybe bowl games reach out to the teams that, that they're selecting and take the temperature, right? Like, Hey, how many players are you guys going to, you know, how many of you guys like, you know, scholarship players can you guarantee or are going to dress out and be active for this game um, and go from there? I mean, it's kind of hard to argue against the players because they do, if, if you're, you know, a first or second round NFL draft prospect, the last thing you want to do is get hurt in what's basically an exhibition game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really, to be honest, dude, I'd missed some of the nostalgia of it. I wouldn't think I'd shed any tears if they just came out and said, hey, bowl games are, they're, they're not going to be a thing anymore. Yeah, but they're not going to do that because a lot of the college football sponsors run bowl games and there's zero chance they're ever doing that. Like, well, What if you did this, man? What if what if we just totally shifted the paradigm, dude? What if the bowl games were like the first two weeks of the season, man? Like, how cool would that be? Like, they could do all their selection in the offseason and it'd be like, hey, you know, Alabama's opener next season is going to be the Sugar Bowl against Florida State, right? Like something like that. And so that'd kind of be a unique way to kick off the season, man. Have everybody traveling to to neutral sites to play some kind of, you, you know, fantasy matchups or like dream matchups or whatever uh, based off the last season's results. Because you'd still have everybody all in and the games would be super meaningful. Yeah, but here's my only thing, dude. If you completely can bowl games, like you've completely – I, I know what you're saying. Like the, the playoff is the ultimate goal, but for some of these teams, they're, they're never going to get in the playoff. Like a team, like, I don't know, let's use Liberty, for example. They got to play today. They got absolutely crushed by Oregon, but I mean, that's a huge payday for their school. Like they would never get that opportunity if there was not bowl games. Like Liberty's not getting invited to the Sugar Bowl to play against Alabama. So well, I, I get it. What if we it. did this, man? What if you had. What if you if you do expand it to sixteen teams, like you said, and let's run it like the the college football or the college basketball tournament? If you win your conference championship, you get an automatic bid. You know, so what, what I think there's eleven conferences now, so you could have your eleven conference champs, and then five at large teams would get a bid to go to the tournament. Man, I don't think that's any better because the problem is, dude. Then you do end up with a team like Liberty getting in over. I don't know. Let's just say, for example, like say Georgia lost their last game and weren't one of the top 16 teams. I don't, I just, I don't know how that would work. Like it just, I mean, most years those teams are getting slaughtered, but dude, you've seen little giants, man. All it takes is one time, dude. When you telling me they couldn't go on a Cinderella run, if they, you know, if all the stars align, dude, it's still football, man. There's still a lot of randomness baked into it. I would, I don't think that system's perfect either, but I would prefer that over what we have now. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of shitty because there there's no like real way to to make this work because i mean you can't just like tell teams like hey all your players have to play like you can't do that i mean it's just i don't know dude there there's just there's no winning formula for this i don't think unfortunately because i mean these kids are going to sit out of bowl games there's just no avoiding it like and I don't blame him. Like I said, Caleb Williams should not have been playing in that game. Like nobody blamed him for not playing in that. Then again, dude, look back five years ago, Christian McCaffrey played in his last college football game. It was the Rose Bowl. It was not for a national title or anything like that. I mean, the Rose Bowl is different, obviously, but he went out there and played and had like 250 yards. Like so, that, I mean, there's there's an argument to be made for playing in it too because if you play really well, that's the last image everyone has of you. Like. 
if your last game you played in the regular season wasn't very good, I mean, it would probably be better for you to go out there and ball out in the bowl game so everybody's watching because you know everyone's watching those games. Right. So they're looking at it now. There's 10 conferences right now, man. So you would have 10 automatic bids and then six at-large bids. So, you know, but you got to figure the conference champs are probably going to take up like, you know, three or four of the top 10 teams. So the teams getting left out in the dark are probably going to be like the number 11 or number 12 team in the country, man. Yeah. I don't think there's, you know, I wouldn't mind that dude having six kind of wild cards mixed in because, I mean, we've seen those teams sneak up and beat big teams before. You're, I mean, yeah, most of the time they're probably going to be cannon fodder for round one, but same thing in the NCAA basketball tournament. So if if I had to guess what's actually going to happen, because um, the Pac-12 is, is dead after this season, so you're going to have the Big 12, uh, ACC, um, Big 10. So, yeah, so that would take SEC. you down to nine, dude. Well, then no, no, I'm just – hold on. I'm just saying, like, you're going to have four major conferences. If I had to guess, you're going to get – if there were 16 teams, this is how I would guess they would do it, the top three teams from each of those conferences and then four at-large teams. That's that's how I would guess they would do it if they did. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I could see something like that, man. I, what it really feels like we're ultimately going to – I think there's going to be like uh, another like basically separation between like, you know, one a and like one double a and stuff, man. And and I see like the top like 35 or 40 schools just basically forming their own super conference and like having some divisions within that, you know? I mean, I think eventually it ends up, there's only the big 10 and the sec to be completely honest with you. I, I think those two conferences are just head and shoulders better than the rest. Um, I mean, shit, Two of the teams that are playing in the playoff today are going to those two conferences. So, what I mean? What does that tell you? Like everybody already knows it's happening. It's just a matter yeah. of when. The dude, the most compelling thing they could do would be to have the uh, have it. I, I think forty would be the proper number, dude. Have a forty team, like whatever you want to call it, right? This is the you know the college football league or whatever, and do it European soccer style with relegation, right? Like imagine if like the bottom four teams get dropped down and four of the, you know, underlings, you know, the mid majors or whatever, get called up every single year. Like that would be super exciting because you'd have the battle for the top and then you'd have the teams fighting to not get kicked out of the league for the next season. Yeah, it would definitely be interesting, but college football is definitely headed towards some weird days. I just, I I feel like, like I said, the way the big 10 and sec are going, it's just going to be like a two conference race here pretty soon. So I don't know, man. It, it's weird for college football because it's this is like an unprecedented time. I mean, kids are getting paid now to go to college, like the NIL thing. I mean, some of these kids are making millions of dollars to play in college, so it's just a weird time. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, but it's going to be crazy. I mean, are some of these guys even going to class anymore, dude? Like, is that still a thing? Are they even still student athletes? Well, the way I understood it is a lot of these NIL deals are – based on you being in school like you have to go to school and you have to be getting an education like you can't just drop out and still be getting paid 10 million dollars yeah it's it's definitely like uh it just seems very tumultuous man the whole college football landscape right now like and i feel like there's more interest in it than it's ever been at least since maybe like the early 90s right like the playoff has been a smash success but it also feels like the whole system is like on the brink of collapse in some ways yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. It's like I said, these are wild times for college football. 
All right, we went enough on college football. This is an NFL podcast, so let's talk some NFL. Um, let's do it. Let's start with, I mean, this is the topic of the week. Like, did the Lions get hosed in that game? Yeah, they, I mean, obviously without being right there and hearing word for word what was said, can't say it 100%, but I'm like 98% sure that that ref just had a brain fart. Um, I forget the names, but number 70 had been reporting in multiple times. And I think when he saw 70 kind of like in his field of vision while 68 was talking to him, I think he just, his he assumed like, okay, th- that was 70 that reported again because that's what they announced. I will say like the one little slice of the blame pie that the Lions have because the ref did announce number 70 is eligible. Somebody should have corrected him like, no, 68 is eligible, but either they just weren't even like either they weren't locked in enough to even really like realize like, you know, that it happened and they needed to correct him or they didn't, they felt like maybe it was going to give the play away if they corrected the ref and they thought they could just, you know, roll with it despite what the ref called out. Um, But bad look for the NFL either way, you know, regardless, it was extremely, extremely sloppy. And, and with the Eagles losing that ended up being, that changed the whole landscape of the NFC playoffs now. Yeah. So, me and you kind of talked about this over the weekend, but the thing that keeps coming up is Dan Campbell. The The coaches always talk to the refs before the game. They let them know like, hey, if we're doing like this play, is it legal? Things like that. And then they journal it. The refs journal it. Well, apparently Dan Campbell met with the refs before the game and told them if there was a two point conversion scenario, this is the play they were running and this is who is eligible and this is what they were going to do. They were going to do like a an okie doke and basically like try to fool the defense on who's actually the eligible player. And that's exactly what they did. And I, I don't know, man. If you're if you're journaling that down before the game, like I don't know how you would screw that up. Like if, if you had this exact conversation on this exact same play, like you would know. Okay, they're going for two. They talked to us about this before the game. Like all and the give them the benefit of the doubt in the moment. Even if you did call, like get it mixed up on who reported when you called it out, don't double down on it. Just when you huddle up with the refs, be like, hey, you know what? I remember he talked to me about this. That's what they did. I I messed up with when I you know in the the pre snap stuff. I said and give them the points, man. And dude, the craziest part about it is so usually when this happens, the NFL just is like, oh, nothing happened. Look away. Give you the men in black treatment. They literally the next morning said these refs are out for the playoffs. Like they are not refing a playoff yeah. game. Like that is admitting that they fucked up, that they, they did it. It was done exactly right. And the refs fucked it up. Like that is the NFL admitting that they made the wrong call. I, I just, I don't know, man. Cause they made a huge call on the drive before that dude. They called uh, one of the Cowboys offensive linemen for tripping when it was actually Aiden Hutchinson from the Lions yeah. that had done that had tripped. So yeah, these, and, and these guys, do you remember that Monday night game between the, uh, the chiefs and Packers that we were watching a few weeks back when MV uh, Montez Valdez Scanley got absolutely mugged on that deep ball that would have won them the game. Uh, and they didn't throw the flag. That was the same staff, man. I, I think these guys got some parlays going on these games. It was Travis Kelsey that got mugged in the end zone, not MVS. But either way, you, you're still right. I just, I don't, I don't know, man. When shit like that happens, it's like really hard to ignore like the NFL is rigged talk, you know? Like when something that blatant happens and the fact that they threw the flag way after the play was over, like they didn't even throw because. I had already shut it off. I texted Seth and I was like, man, Dan Campbell's got some balls. And I shut the game off. And until Seth texted me and said, dude, they threw a flag on that play. I And then I went back and watched it. And it was like literally 10 seconds after the play's over. 
I just, I don't get it, man. I just, I don't know how you can do that. And it's just not a good look for the NFL at all. Like, I mean, they literally admitted the next day. They didn't say it, but by suspending them, they admitted it was the wrong call. So feel bad for the Lions, man. I mean, the Lions literally just got screwed out of possibly getting the two seed in the NFC. What what do you think about Dan Campbell just continuing to say screw it and going for it not once but two more times, man? Okay, that is the undefendable thing about this. Okay, so th- whatever it gets called back at that point, you just kick the extra point. Like, dude, you're at the seven yard line. That's way too far out to be attempting. Well, then they got bailed out because Parsons jumped off sides because Goff threw a pick. Dude, how many times does the universe have to tell you, hey? just kick the extra point before you just realize, hey, maybe I should kick the extra point. It's just, I don't know, man. Like, I get it. Dan Campbell Campbell is a gambler, and in the end, all he wants to do is win. I get it. But, dude, at some point, you have to realize, like, this is not going to work. We just need to settle for the the tie and go into overtime. Like, I I don't know, man. I just, he's a weirdo. I I like him as a coach. Like, he's, he's, uh, he's good for the game, but dude i just don't i don't understand how you keep going back to it again that guy's definitely hit some uh vegas atms at like 4 30 5 a.m for sure oh absolutely he's probably maxed out his card numerous times <laughs> um okay let's move on from that because everybody's heard that topic a thousand times um let's go into let's go into the steelers why does mike tomlin not get more credit that was his 17th consecutive clinched winning season. He has never had a losing season as a head coach. Like what, why does this dude not get talked about? I mean, me and you obviously talk about it, but when you listen to like yeah. the talking heads, this dude has never talked about like, he's one of the top coaches in the NFL. And dude, it's hard to argue that he might not be the top coach in the NFL at this point with Belichick probably retiring. Yeah. I mean, dude, he gets his team ready to play week in week out. I mean, the Seahawks, they knew, you know, they're fighting for their playoff life. You get the Steelers coming to town with a third string quarterback. You know, they're about to be pounding the rock nonstop and they still couldn't start it, man. Like I, yeah, I was just kind of chilling out. I was able to watch a big chunk of all three of the late games yesterday. And dude, the Steelers just straight up out hustled them, man. Like they were just playing harder than the uh, Seahawks from snap to, you know, from, from bell to bell. Um, you had freaking Pickens, you know, one of the number one malcontents in the league. He was out there freaking hustling. Uh, so, yeah, very impressive performance for them yesterday. And I agree, man. Tomlin is is wildly underrated. What about Najee Harris yesterday, dude? That's probably the best game he's ever had in the NFL. Like That was Derrick Henry, dude, with those stiff arms, man. Yeah, that's how you know the Steelers were taking that game serious. Like dude, dude, It was some um, – yeah, because it, it seemed like the Seahawks, for the most part – they were getting to the ball carrier. They were kind of in in position to to make stops and just at the point of attack, man. They were not making the play over and over again, dude. Like I, I know there's some Seahawks DBs and linebackers with some sore chests this morning because they were hitting some wicked stiff arms, man. Between uh, Najee Harris and Warren, yeah, it's I just it's so weird that that like I was saying, Tomlin does not get the credit because. Dude, 17 consecutive winning seasons to start your head coaching career and nobody even talks about it, really. Like, it's insane to me. Like, imagine a team like, I don't know, just we'll just use the Panthers, for example. Imagine them having Mike Tomlin and winning 17 straight years. Like, I'm pretty sure it'd be talked about every fucking day. But since it's the Steelers, nobody talks about it because, like, they don't care about that. Like, they only want to win. So, 
I think the I think the Steelers, I think the <coughs> excuse me, I think the a lot of credit just goes to the infrastructure there, right? Like I mean, going back to the seventies, dude, with between you know, from Chuck Knoll to to Bill Coward, now to Tomlin, like they've never really been a shitty team man like they, they've never totally bottomed out even like you know there were a, a few lean years with cower there where they were still a scrappy team they've never been like the you know basement dweller of the uh the nfl and i think i think people are just kind of complacent with them a little bit yeah that's probably true um we'll go to the other side of pennsylvania to philadelphia dude what leaving the midwest what is yeah what is wrong with the eagles like this is I think it's the vibes, man. I think it's the vibes, dude. I think the the vibe is off, man. Jalen Hurts is like regressed big time, dude. Like, <clears throat> you know, he's if you look at the numbers, man, they don't look so awful. But you can't look behind him. He his, his numbers are really inflated, right? Like he's got the fifteen rushing touchdowns, dude. Cam Newton, so you know he broke Cam Newton's record. One of Cam Newton's touchdown runs from his season, where he had fourteen rushing touchdowns, was longer than all fifteen of Jalen Hurts combined this year. Um, it's not looking good, man. Like we've still been saying on here the last couple of weeks, we've we've been a little bit of Eagles defenders, right? Like you know the sky is not falling; they're going to be able to get it together for the playoffs. But dude, they got one week to kind of generate a little bit of momentum. Uh, they're gonna have to go on the road. Saints are playing a lot better last uh, last couple weeks, man. Uh, or you got a scrappy Bucks team, dude. If the Bucks end up winning that NFC South, you know, I know the Falcons got a chance, Jordan, but I don't think I'm ready to go there just yet. Uh, the no. Eagles could very well go one and done this this playoffs, dude. You know what the craziest part is? You said like his stats are like overinflated. He has more touchdowns between passing and rushing this year than he had all of last year already. Like with one, I but mean, last year seemed he seemed so much more effective last year, right? I mean, he's still throwing the ball. He, I mean, he's completing the ball at sixty six percent, which is the same percentage he completed at last year. He's played one more game this year because remember he missed those two games last year. Um, dude, they've thrown the ball five hundred and twenty two times through sixteen games. Last year they threw it four sixty through fifteen. Yeah, I mean, he felt like he was going to be the MVP last year before he got hurt, and this year he's nowhere near that conversation. Dude, but I don't know if it's him though. Like the the offense they're calling, that's what I'm trying to get at. Their offense they're calling is miserable. They're not even using AJ Brown at all at this point. Like through 11 weeks, AJ Brown was in the MVP conversation, like yeah. as well as he was playing. And it's like ever since they started losing games, they just stopped using him. I and he's getting pissed after every game. And now you did bring this up last week. Now the question begins to beg. Is this the reason he got shipped out of Tennessee because he's a yeah, terrible that, locker room guy? Yeah, that was always the rumblings, man, that he's, you know, got a little bit of a front runner to him, right? If things are going good, he's awesome, man, but he's not the greatest guy to have around when when things are going south. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't think this dude, I, I was convinced that the Eagles could correct this. Their defensive line, for as great as it is, it's not helping the back end enough. They got gashed yesterday running the ball. Like, dude, they made James Conner look like I, – I don't really know who to say he looked like, but he looked unreal yesterday, and that's not – I mean, good. some of it I wonder if it's just like scheme and coaching because, you know, Hassan Reddick's a great player, dude, but he's just a straight-up purebred edge rusher, dude. I saw him on one of those Conner touchdowns. They had Hassan Reddick in the interior of the D-line, and – I mean, he tried as hard as he could, but he just got straight up blown up. You know, sometimes those situations, short yardage, it's just straight up physics, man. And he could not hold up at the at the line of scrimmage and just got blown wide open to allow Connor an easy touchdown. 
Let's point something out, too. They they replaced the two awesome coordinators they had, Steichen and Gannon. One of their coordinators now is Matt Patricia, who absolutely sucked. Like, <laughs> One of the worst all-purpose coaches in NFL history. Dude, you have to be bad. I'm, I'm looking this up right now. This is how bad he is. So he got fired from the Lions. The e, or the Patriots brought him back as a senior football advisor in 2021. Last year, he was still the senior football advisor and the O-line coach, and they canned him and let him go. And then the Eagles picked him up this year. Like, that is not good, man. I just – No. It's – yeah, at this point, you're exactly right. It's a scheme thing at this point, and there's no correcting it. Like, I don't think it's the players necessarily. I just think they're putting them in horrible positions to win the game. Like, I just – I think teams kind of caught up to a lot of the stuff that they've been successful with the last, you know, season and a half, two seasons, and we haven't seen the shift or, you know, the counterpunch from the Eagles yet. I don't think – dude, it's really frustrating watching them because you can – I mean, they have the players to be one of the best teams in the yeah, NFL. That's they, I mean, they. if you were starting a franchise on Madden, dude, you're, you're going with the Eagles. If you're trying to win a Super Bowl year one, like they have definitely the most talented – you know, it's – Probably them and the Niners, dude. I think overall talent, I'd put the Ravens, you know, a step below them. But I think it's them and the Niners for the best 53-man roster in the NFL. Dude, it's just wild. Like, they have that great offensive line, which has started to show some weakness this year. I I will admit that. Hurts has gotten hit a lot more this year. I think that's a big part of it. Um, They did let a couple guys walk last year. So, I don't know. Maybe that's part of it. It's just this is not the same team that was playing in week 11 at this point. They're just, they look completely, I don't know, Jalen Hurts, even last week, let one slip when he said, I I don't think everybody's giving max effort basically. And then then tried to back it down saying that includes me or something. It's like, dude, it's too late to back it down. Call your fucking teammates out and be a leader and make somebody do something because this team is not playing well enough. I don't know. I personally think the Taylor Swift hit curse hit both Kelsey brothers. I, I just I think that's what it is. There's there's no way this is just coincidence that both those teams just suck now. I thought the Chiefs showed a little bit of life, man, the second half, dude. It still didn't look like the high flying Chiefs we've known, dude, but they were kind of rocking, man. You know, it looked very iffy, dude. You know, I texted you, I think it was midway through the second quarter. It looked like the Chiefs were shitting the bed again, dude. But I don't know if, you know, the freaking the big mustache gave them a uh uh, a, a rousing speech at halftime or if Taylor Swift came down there and did an impromptu acoustic set. Um, but they they were definitely alive, man. Arrowhead was rocking, dude, and the Bengals just had no answer down the stretch uh, for what the Chiefs defense was doing. And, and Mahomes had a deep touchdown pass. He did. I still think their offense is just going to end up killing them in the end, though. Like, dude, their offense is still not good enough. I mean – me and you were texting back and forth. Pacheco was having the game of his life. And for some reason they kept going away away from him. him. I I just don't, he ended up having 25 touches, but I feel like a lot of those were in the fourth quarter when they were trying to salt it away. At one point he had 125 yards on nine touches and he didn't touch the ball for like 15 straight plays. I counted it. I don't know. It's just, I mean, we're talking about Mahomes right now. Like dude, he had 245 yards and a touchdown yesterday. That, that was his good game. And Kelsey had one, or three catches for 16 yards. Like, there's clearly something wrong with this team still. Yeah, it's going to take uh, Herculean effort from Mahomes, I think, for them to make it past that first playoff game. Yeah. Um. All right. We, well, we got to talk about the cover art team this week, which is the Ravens. 
probably one of the best weeks you could possibly ever have as a franchise. I mean, they just throttled the Niners on Monday night and then absolutely destroyed the Dolphins yesterday. Like, dude, they took the Dolphins' will. That team, by the end of that game, was quitting. I don't know what McDaniel was doing. Well, they were hurting them, man. They they knocked out Tua. They knocked out freaking Bradley Chubb, Xavier Howard. That was an absolute disaster for the Dolphins yesterday. You're right, man. In one week, they beat the number one team in the NFC and arguably their biggest threat in the AFC. And not only did they beat the Dolphins, like they significantly weakened the Dolphins for the playoffs. What the hell was Bradley Chubb even doing in the game at that point? They were down 30 points. Like, that was some horrible coaching Same by the thing Dolphins. with Tua, man. You already know Tua is fragile. Take Tua out, too. I just – I don't get it, dude. We already kind of had fraud alert on the Dolphins, but yesterday gave me no hope for that team at all. And The, the game against the Cowboys is the only time they've really stepped up and gone toe-to-toe with a, a, a truly good team. Yeah, but the problem is, is, are the Cowboys even that good? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, that was a road game for the Cowboys, which is basically you might as well just count that as a loss for them at this point. <laughs> I do not. Yeah, that's a team I don't understand either. Like, how are they so much worse on the road than they are at home? Like, usually, like, yeah, you, you're a little bit worse on the road, but, like, they're, like, miles worse on the road. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, yeah, Ravens, dude, like, hard. they're going to be favored every game rest of the way, including the Super Bowl, I believe. Yeah, I mean, Lamar has MVP locked up, which is hilarious considering the way we started last week with talking about Brock Purdy or McCaffrey's probably going to win. Dude, that game that he just had yesterday, I I looked it up. There's only five people in the history of the NFL that have had three or more four touchdown games and a perfect passer rating. I'm pretty sure it was like, it might have been Dan Marino, Peyton Manning, I don't remember who the other ones were, but I mean, it was like one of the most impressive lists. Bailey Zappi. Yeah, definitely not. It was like one of the most <laughs> impressive lists you can be on. And yeah, I mean, dude, three weeks ago, me and you were talking like Lamar doesn't have that good in numbers this year. Like, yeah, he's doing a lot of good things. But dude, three weeks later, his numbers all of a sudden are completely elevated because that team just turned it on three weeks ago, man. Like three yeah, weeks they're ago. Peaking. Ravens and Lamar both peaking at the exact right time. I, you got to think Lamar probably totally sets out this week, right? We just see Tyler Huntley. Yeah, they're not risking anything. I think them and the Niners are both sitting all their starters this week. Well, they already announced yeah, McCaffrey's well. out. Like, there, there's there's no point in playing anybody this week. Yeah. Now, granted, Brock, maybe Brock plays one or two series, man. But yeah, I I, I don't see heavy playing time for any of the, the main guys on now, either team. Now, granted, it, dude, it is Jim Harbaugh, and he does uh, he is a uh, he's all about the rivalries, and they're playing the Steelers this week, and the Steelers have to win that game to make the playoffs. So, I'm just saying, I wouldn't put it past him to try to win that game. <laughs> Um, okay, we'll do uh we'll do tankathon real quick. Um the Bears locked up the number one pick this week. Um the other the three teams they're following right now are Washington, New England, and Arizona, all with four wins. Um yeah, really not much to talk about here. We'll have plenty to talk about here in the next couple of months about that number one pick and what the Bears do with it. Um, not for nothing. Justin Fields played a good game yesterday in the snow. The fans were chanting his name. I would hate to be the one that has to make that decision, though, man. I, tough, man. Like I said, I, I go back to what I said a couple of weeks ago when we really went deep on it. I just think you you just got to you gotta put it in the hands of your decision makers. Break down the tape. If I'm the owner, I'm saying watch all the tape you can on Drake May 
Caleb Williams, and then come back and let me know what you think, man. I I would lean. I, I've kind of changed. I've been thinking about it a lot the last couple of weeks, man. You know, I was on the camp saying build around Justin Fields. I do think he's a really good quarterback, but he's only got one more year on that rookie deal, right? This is, that'll be his fourth year coming up. Yep. Or will next year be his third year? That's it. Next year's his fourth year. Yeah. So that that rookie con that rookie QB contract. If you got a really good young quarterback, that's like a cheat code, right? For um for teams building their rosters and and having success. So you could kind of reset that, man. So I would think it and it, it and I think you could get something good. I think Justin Fields will fetch a second rounder right now. So oh, if yeah. you could get a second rounder for him and you're really confident in one of those young QBs being come in and and immediately play and play well, I think you pull the trigger on drafting one. So here, here's my number one thing about this. You cannot and granted whatever happened last year happened last year in the draft. You cannot have the number one pick two years in a row and not come away in either one of those drafts with the best player. Like, you have to, no matter what, end up with the best player on the board in one of those two drafts. Whether that whether that to you is Marvin Harrison Jr., whether that's a quarterback, whether that's a pass rusher, whatever it is, you have to pick one of the top three or four players this year. Like, you can't trade down again far enough where you're you're missing out on those top three or four players, or else I think this is a fail for them, dude. You can backload picks all you want. There's been millions of teams that have done it over the history of time that doesn't work. Like, dude, you have a good enough roster now to build around, so you have to, like you said, you have to decide on the quarterback, and if Justin Fields is your guy, then don't trade back, dude. Pick Marvin Harrison. Get your guy to go with Justin Fields because – I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you just keep trading back. Like at some point you got to get the best player, right? Yeah. Who, who's number two right now? Washington. Yeah. And they're, they're not going to trade up like new England is probably the biggest trade up candidate. I would think. And they're three yeah, right Washington's now. Washington's probably definitely drafting one of the quarterbacks, man, but I don't, I don't think they're going to so, trade up for one of them. I mean, right. But maybe if you, if somebody's got their heart set on one of them, man, maybe you could trade down to the three spot with New England. I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right, dude. I think it, you never know how the, the draft's always kind of crazy and teams get the itchy trigger finger, you know, that last couple of days before the draft. But I'm with you, man. I I think uh, if you're going to keep Justin Fields, I think go ahead and take Harrison because he looks as can't miss as any wide receiver coming out in years. Yeah, because I saw something yesterday. Well, I've seen two things in the last two days about the Falcons. Um, whether or not they would be willing to trade up to the number one spot to take one of the quarterbacks or whether or not they'd be willing to trade with the Bears for fields. Dude, I don't I, – again, if the Bears are trading with Atlanta, that means they're moving all the way down to 9, 8, 9, 10 area. You got, you're going to have to ask for their whole draft, dude. And it, even then, I don't know if it's worth it, man. That's what they did last year. Yeah, I feel like you're getting five quarters in exchange for a dollar. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I mean, dude. I just I don't think it's worth it for them to trade down again. Like everybody keeps talking about like stock loading picks. What happens if you miss on all those fucking picks? Like, dude, at some point you just got to take the best player and live with it. I don't know. Everybody always it talks. Has to- literally, it has very little carryover to the NFL. But I know in fantasy, when I'm trading, I I'm always on the side of trading three players to get one. I I've never done the trade one of my good players to get like you know. Three, three solid spare parts, right? Like I, I always want to make sure I'm getting the best player in any trade. That's the thing is like, no matter what, you have to come out of this draft with the best player in any trade. Like last year they got DJ Moore, which has proved really helpful for them this year, but they still didn't end up with the best player out of last year's draft. Like, I 
I don't know, man. It's just it's so weird to me that we're talking about this for the second year in a row about the Bears possibly trading out of the one pick. Like, dude, in your franchise history, you get a finite amount of chances to pick number one. The Bears just got it two years in a row, and they're literally about to pass on it two years in a row. Like, I just, I mean, they fleece the the Panthers. Like, dude, you're not going to do it again. Just fucking pick the number one pick no matter what. Like, it's going to probably piss me off if they trade out of it, unless they get, like, <laughs> I, dude, you would have to get, we'll see how he ends up grading out, but like the way they're talking about Caleb Williams, he's probably going to grade out higher than anybody since Andrew Luck. Very, very smooth, man. He's very, I don't, I, my questions with him is where's the ceiling at, but I don't see any negatives with him whatsoever. The way he plays, you know, like he's, he's, he seems like he's like drag and drop ready to go into an NFL offense right now. Like, dude, I'm not lying to you. If the Falcons decided to make that move and trade up for Caleb Williams, I would be ecstatic. Like, drop him into that Falcons offense with what they have now. That team's winning the games that they should be winning at this point. Like, if they had so, Caleb- would you? Let me ask you this: as a Falcons fan, man, would you rather see them give that King's ransom and go get Caleb Williams, or would you rather see them give that? What you know, we'll see how how this week goes, but. Let's for for uh, you know for argument's sake. Would you rather see them give that that high second round draft pick and get Justin Fields? The only thing that scares me about Justin Fields, and this is the, this is the only issue I would have with trading him. And we just talked about it. He's got one year left on his rookie deal, and then they'll obviously yeah, pick up the him. option. So so you'll have two years, but then you're gonna have to pay him right out of the gate. And what happens if he's not good enough the next two years, and then they just end up getting rid of him? Like, I mean, I know it's only a, second, you're round. a second round pick, but what if what if you mortgage your whole, uh, you know, a couple years of your future, and Caleb Williams doesn't pan out, dude? I mean, there's been great first round quarterbacks before, or you know, highly touted first round picks before. That what if he's Trevor Lawrence, dude? Or what if he's Andrew Luck and he plays for four or five years and then retires? You know. Yeah, dude, I just I cannot imagine the Falcons being right back in this position again in two years. Like, if Justin Fields me, doesn't pan out, like, what do you do? For me, as a point? fringe as a fringe Falcons fan, I'd rather have Justin Fields, dude. You know me; I think I'm definitely higher on Justin Fields than you are. I think I think the dude can play, and if I could, if I can risk a little and possibly bring this guy into my already really talented roster, I think I'd rather do that than. You know, go all all in on uh on Caleb Williams or Drake May. I mean, don't get me wrong, dude. I am not ecstatic about the either one of those two things. Like trading the King's ransom, the Bears are going to want for the first pick to get Caleb Williams because, dude, they got a King's ransom for Bryce Young, and Caleb Williams is like ten times the player Bryce Young is. So, I don't know, man. It, this is going to be a this is going to be a weird offseason. Like, obviously, we're all excited about the playoffs, but I'm pretty excited for the offseason, too, because there is a lot of moving parts in the NFL that's going to happen this year. Uh, it's always, yeah, it's always very exciting. Um, we're not going to talk a ton about the playoff picture just because, I mean, everybody's kind of it's aware. It's up in the air. Well, yeah, and everybody's it's a mix kind- between shit that's totally locked in and stuff totally up in the air. I think the one thing we have to mention, though, is the fact that the Bills could possibly not even make the playoffs or end up with the two seed <laughs> this weekend. Like, that is absolutely That's insane. Wild. Yeah. I I do think that they're going to go down and take care of business in Miami and get the win, regardless if two is playing or not. I do as well. Like, the Bills are playing really well right now. And how crazy is this, dude? A month ago, we were talking about, man, the Bills are on the ropes. Like, uh, hopefully they can rebound. Because, I mean, me and you both did pick them to win the Super Bowl before the season. You stuck with it. I, I faded away from it. It's just... 
I, it's crazy that a month later they're in a position to possibly be the two seed if they win the game. I mean, they are the I two seed. I think the mental toughness is there, dude. They're so they're. I mean, they're battle tested, dude. They got the scars from heartbreaking playoff defeats the last couple of years, man. And I, I just, I Baltimore's definitely the better team, right? There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. But I just have, I have full confidence that they are not going to fucking flinch. If they do go into Baltimore and and they get down ten nothing at the end of the first quarter, you know what I mean. I think they're they're going to keep fighting and shake it off and keep playing and and see how it shakes out. So yeah, it's gonna, it's going to be an awesome playoffs, dude. I'm, I'm I mean I'm excited for our our final week, man. It's going to be fun, but I really cannot wait for the playoffs to start. Yeah, it's going to be good. All right, that's it. All right, let's get into picks. So one quick uh, show note, man, before we get into it, the uh, as we mentioned at the intro, it is an earlier start time, which means my kids, the uh, the, the six year old and the four year old, have not gone to bed yet. So you may hear the little savages causing a, a ruckus in the background, man. Have you have you picked them up on the mic, any Jordan? Yeah, quite a bit, but it, it's fine. Like, dude, we have families. We're, we're, we're not sitting in a professional podcasting studio. Like, if people want to start paying us to buy one of those, like. And get me a private jet so me and Seth can meet up every week. I mean, we'll take it. I gave, if that's what you guys want us to do, I mean, we'll do it. Yeah, definitely. But we got to make do with what we can. And at the end of the day, it adds character, man. Yeah. Um, what are you drinking tonight, man, as we record? I am just drinking a bush light, man. I had to, like, my. I think my check check liver light has been on for about a week now. I had to, I had to, I had to take a hard right turn and, like, slow it down a little bit the last two days. Drying out a little bit. I mean, I'm not going on a dry January or anything. Like, I'll be drinking this whole week. But it's just, yeah, I, I had to, like, maybe not drink hard alcohol for a couple of days and maybe not get high every night. Like, it just, it's been, <laughs> been a lot. Yeah. I've been chilling. Me and Brett were hanging out, just playing video games all day. I was drinking some uh, 7-Up and Captain Morgan. Really, really nice cocktail, too. Really nice, easy cocktail, man. Uh, but I'm, I'm easing off of it now, man. Sipping a good old classic Corona and Lime. Nice. How did we do last week? All right. Well, I mean, it was already over, but I went 11 and five and you went 12 and four. We only had one different game. It was the Raiders and Colts. That was the only different game we had. I didn't realize we both picked the same game, same teams for the rest of the games. I didn't either. We were, that was Christmas night when we were doing it though. It had already been a long day. So I don't think we were maybe not as a hundred percent engaged as we typically are going back and forth on the picks, but there were, it wasn't a super compelling schedule of games either. No, it wasn't. This week's going to be good though. Yeah. This week is going to be good. All right. Let me get it pulled up. All right. So for week 18, last one, opening up the Steelers and the Ravens, man, this is going to be a Saturday afternoon game. It's in Baltimore. Baltimore has zero to play with Pittsburgh fighting for their playoff life. I think Pittsburgh gets it done. Like you said, though, it would not shock me if, you know, Baltimore's backups, Baltimore's B team somehow gets the win. Seems like this happens every single year. One of these teams that has nothing to play for uh, rises up and just, just nips one of the, uh, the the playoff contenders in the butt. Yeah, I'm going Steelers as well. I just I, – I don't think that they could – pop. I mean – dude, if you lose to the Ravens backups and that's the reason you don't make the playoffs – that's going to be a really bad look for your franchise. Like, I just, I don't see, I mean, there's a way they could lose. It is still Mason Rudolph in the end. So 
there's definitely a way they can lose, but yeah, I just, I don't see it happening. Big game Saturday night. Uh, Texans playing for the division championship. Colts playing for possibly a division championship. Uh, definitely a wild card. Texans and Colts in Indianapolis. This is a huge game. You know what, man? We made this prediction after week three, and everybody kind of laughed at us about it. I'm sticking with it, man. I think the Texans win, and uh, they're going to have a shot at the division championship on Sunday. Yeah, I agree, man. Gardner Minshew has stepping in for Anthony Richardson has played good enough, but I feel like this is one of those weeks where that that stagecoach turns back into a pumpkin at midnight, dude. I think we see all of his flaws come out, man. D'Amico Ryan's defense is is going to get it cranked up, generate some turnovers, and I think we see Texans get the win. Agreed. Moving to Sunday, Bucks play all they have to do to win the NFC South is defeat the two and fourteen Panthers. Is there any way that they blow this one? They looked absolutely horrid against the Saints yesterday. I mean, yeah, there's definitely a chance they could blow it. Like, dude, it's still Baker it's Mayfield. A Super Bowl the, for the Panthers, man. And it's still Baker Mayfield in the at the end of the day. Like, dude, Baker Mayfield has been known to make fucking horrible games when they need him most. So I don't know. The way the Bucks looked yesterday was absolutely dreadful. Like I said, I would laugh so hard if the Panthers beat them. And if, if I could wish for one result, I'd want to see the Panthers beat the Bucks on uh, Sunday. I'm going Bucks just because I just I don't think it happens, but I could see it honestly. Yeah, same. I'll, I'll go Bucks on the record. Ugly scene in Carolina, man. Did you see their Jesus. owner threw a, a beer or some sort of cocktail on the fan? As if this dude couldn't get any dumber. Like everybody already talks about him about how stupid he is, and then that happens. Like what a moron. Yeah, the dude. If you've seen any of his public appearances, you know we talked earlier this year after Frank Wright got fired, which was I think a horrible move, man. Um, this this dude seems very kind of just unstable, like the absolute like think of like the worst boss you've ever had at your job. That's what this guy seems like, hundred percent, man. Um, there was a clip going around before the game where he went up and talked to a fan who said, you know, we're two and thirteen, and I've been here every game. That that was the sign that he had up. And he went and talked to him and people were like, oh, you know, that's nice. And he went up and talked to this fan. That fan got on Twitter afterwards and said, no, he didn't say like, thank you or anything nice to me. He just said, make sure you're here when we're 13 and two also. Like, okay, dickhead. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> I know. This is like one of your most loyal fans, dude. Instead of just going up and giving him a handshake, dude. Like, I mean, dude, the thing is, dude's a billionaire, right? He's a hedge fund manager, billionaire like has never gonna have to stress about anything the rest of his life like it takes zero effort to just be kind dude and i mean dude look at us as falcons fans man we never held it against arthur blank the years the falcons suck dude because he was always very very gracious with the fans and only thing he would ever really just say is you know we're i'm committed to you know winning a super bowl for you guys dude like it's I feel like it'd be so easy to be an NFL owner and be liked by your fan base, but this guy's chosen to just go the full heel route. Dude, I'm telling you right now that if a billionaire threw anything at me, I would have been on the ground writhing in neck pain. It's in my eyes, bro. Yeah, I have an alcohol allergy and it's in my fucking eyeballs. (laughs) Like, dude, I can't see. I'm blind. Like, how many fingers am I holding up? You're holding up fingers? (laughs) 
I'm fucking, I'm Steve Austin in the neck brace on ESPN fucking up first the next morning, dude. Fucking, <laughs> yeah, he fucking got it. He got it in my eyes. I had this allergy. I jerked back so hard that I, you know, cranked two muscles in my neck. Like, I'm not going to be able to work for six months. Like, yeah, dude, I'm, dude, you cannot, I, I got freaking the, my lawyer on speed dial after that. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I literally would have been on the ground. Uh, yeah, it would have, I, I don't, I don't know what happened, but. Whatever that fan did was not enough because I would have made sure his ass was in trouble. <laughs> yeah, man. Just such a clown move, man. Yeah. All right. All next right. game. Next game after that. So real quick, though, Panthers, where do they do this offseason, man? Are they just running it back? Do you see uh, like what? what's your prognosis? What's your prognosis for them in 2024? I mean, because I think they're going to be right back in the mix for worst team in the league. Who wants to coach that team? First of all, they yeah, been, who they are you getting? Fucking terrible owner, dude. The dude is not going to stick with anybody. Like I said at the end of last year when we were doing long balls, that Steve Wilkes should have got a shot for that job. Like they played well enough down the stretch for him to get that job, and they didn't give it to him. I just I don't know how any like sane person could want to coach that team. I just I don't know, man. I. It's not a good look, and that owner sucks, so I'm not real sure where they're going to go from here. All right, Battle of Ohio. Uh, Neither one of these teams really got anything to play for, man. The Browns, you know, may have a little bit of wiggle room on their playoff seeding, but teams typically haven't. Nope, they're already locked into the five seed. They're locked in on five no matter what, win or lose. Yeah, so this is this is kind of a nothing burger of a game. You got to figure the Browns are going to rest most of their guys. I say Bengals get the win, man. Bengals is still – I think this – obviously it's not where they wanted to be from the start of the year. I still think this season's kind of an up check, man. They've performed about as well as you could expect them to do, uh, losing Joe Burrow and some of the other key players they've had due to injuries. But I think Bengals get the win and finish up with a winning season and something to feel good about heading into 2024. Dude, if the Bengals lose this game – do they go O for? Oh no, they have one win. Oh no, they would go O for in the division. They would be O for six against the division if they lose this game. Like, yeah, they were loaded up on the AFC North games back in that opening month, which now we know is just you know the the kryptonite for the Bengals. That that's the one thing that if I'm the owner, I'm telling uh, that the head coach man is that you know on our our exit interview for the season, like figure out what the fuck is going on with these opening months and get it fixed for next season. You know the other – okay, so I'm going Bengals as well, but, like, that team is going to start having some issues because the other three teams in that division aren't getting any worse. Like, both of those – all three of those yeah. teams are getting better. The Ravens aren't going to somehow get worse this offseason. Like, they're only going to get better. The Browns are clearly way better than any of us thought, and that's with Joe Flacco. Like, say what you want about Joe Flacco and the way he's played these last four weeks. Like he's played excellent football. I'm not saying he hasn't, but in the end it's still Joe Flacco and that's not who they're starting next year. They're going to bring back Watson, obviously. And then you got the Steelers, dude. They're a quarterback away from being shit. An 11 win team. Dude. The other big thing is they got to figure out what's going on with T Higgins, man. Like he's either going to be a holdout or may need to be traded this offseason, or they're going to have to get creative to figure out how to give him a big deal also. There is no he's, – he's his contract awesome, is Awesome, man. His contract yeah, is Yeah, that's up. what I'm saying. Like, he's uh, the, only, the only option they have is franchise tagging him, dude. He is uh, – he's awesome, man. Like, obviously, Jamar Chase is the man, and he gets the majority of the attention there, dude. But T. Higgins is not that far below Jamar Chase as a wide receiver. T. Higgins is good. Um, I, I just don't know you, if you, you think they a, You think they could replace him easily enough? 
I mean, they got they got Boyd there. Boyd's pretty good uh, too, but he's on a free agency too. But dude, I just don't think they can give T. Higgins twenty million dollars because they got to pay Jamar Chase still too. Like Jamar True. Chase's payday is next year. Like, are you really giving two receivers each twenty million dollars a year? Because I I'm pretty sure that's what T. Higgins' price tag is going to be is twenty million plus. So, but if you're building your franchise around this quarterback, man, like where else are you going to spend the money at, dude? So I don't dude, know, dude, man. I I, I I mean, I I'm, I agree with you. There's probably no way they can do it. I'm just kind of lending credence to your point that, dude, they're not necessarily going to be a leg up on the rest of that division like they have been the last two years. One of their biggest problems, too, is they got beat over the top a lot this year. I mean, they lost Jesse Bates to the Falcons, and look what that did to the Falcons' defense. Like, the Bengals' yeah, back outstanding. The Bengals back end has not been good this year, so I – I don't think you can give T Higgins $20 million, man. I just, they need to spread it around. Like, I know it sucks, but I mean, you could draft another receiver. Like he might not be as good as T Higgins, but I just don't think you can pay T Higgins number one receiver money when you've also got Jamar Chase sitting there. Yeah. It's not a good, I mean, either way, it's going to be a tough decision for them and they're not going to tag him, dude. There's no way they're tagging him for, I think they said the tag for wide receivers is like 27 million or something. Yeah, I just look. I think it's like twenty five mil, so probably not in the cards. Um, you pick Bengals though. Yeah, Bengals. All right, let's go to NFC North. You got the Vikings, who are eliminated. Going or, or no, the Vikings aren't eliminated, right? I think there's still a chance eight and nine could get that last NFC wild card. Let me pull up the playoff picture real quick. But the Vikings and the Lions, with the Lions still fighting for the two seed, I think the Lions got more to play for, and I think the Lions get it done. <sighs> Dude, the Vikings are so bad. Like, that's not a good team, man. It, it's just not. Like that game last night was absolutely pathetic. They didn't even look like they wanted to be there. Yeah, I'm gonna go Lions as well, just because the Lions have to play this out at this point. Yeah, Vikings are still alive. Give me one sec. I'll pull up the uh, what would have to happen for the Vikings to actually make it into New Orleans, the- Seattle, and Green Bay. All have to lose. Yeah, so they need a ton of help, but you know they've been living on a winger and a prayer the last couple of years, so it's not totally out of the question. Um, let's go to our next game: the Jets and the Patriots. This is a nothing bowl. Po- it could be historically significant. This is possibly Bill Belichick's last game coaching the Patriots. I think that's enough to get the uh, you know to 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 wake up the ghosts there in Foxborough. This is going to be in Boston. I think they give him a big send off. And I think Bailey Zappi and the Patriots get the win for New England. And, and again, possibly Belichick's last game. Yeah. Dude, the Jets are another team, man. What what a disappointing season for them. Like, happened a minute into the season, Rodgers goes down, and then, God, dude, how do you play four quarterbacks this year and none of them are good? Like, not one of them. There was a good. minute it felt like they were still gonna because I think they were like three and three after the first six games. It felt like they, uh, like they might be able to rally. You know, there were rumblings that a Rod might come back, but yeah, dude, it, it got it got pretty damn ugly there, man. I think the most interesting thing with the Jets this offseason is what you know where Zach Wilson ends up getting traded to. Yeah, yeah, I'm going Pats as well. Freaking, that's crazy, man. We might actually see the end of uh, an era with Belichick there. All right, Falcons and Saints in New Orleans, dude. I'll let you go first, man. Do you have any hope as a Falcons fan that uh, they get this done? Nope, but there's no goddamn way I'm picking the Saints. Like, I, dude, I've already lost picks league this year. I'm not. I'm not putting a Saints win over the Falcons on my record. So I'm going Falcons. 
I already got it one, man. I'm going to hold out hope, dude, that the Falcons somehow get it done. So if the Falcons win and the Bucks lose, the Falcons will make the playoffs? Yep, they would win the division. Okay, let's go, man. <laughs> let's go, dude. Fucking, I'm doing the dirty bird right here in my chair as, the, uh, as, as I make this pick, dude. Let's go. Let's shut down the Superdome of the dumbass Saints fans, and let's have Bryce Young rise up and beat the uh, the Bucks, man. Falcons go to the playoffs, and then bounce the freaking uh, Eagles, Eagles, man. You know the Eagle, Eagles have tormented us so many times over the years in the playoffs, dude. Let's let, let's get some revenge on Philly. I don't have a lot of faith that that actually happens, but dude, I can't even like imagine in my head that happening. Honestly, it just. It's too much mental gymnastics for me to imagine Arthur Smith actually comes up with a good game plan or I don't know, dude. I just, I, I don't, it's, it's not like, well, the Panthers have to win first of all, which unless they're playing us, yeah. they're not winning. So if there was a home playoff game in Mercedes Benz stadium, would you be tempted to uh, no. go to it? No. Until Arthur <laughs> Smith not, is dude? fired, I'm not going to a game, dude. I, I refuse to spend money on that team. I went to Cincinnati last year and watched them play and watched him just completely get out coached from minute one. Like the dude It'd is be the first home playoff game in the new stadium, dude. If, if you buy tickets to the game and can get to Memphis, I'll drive and pay for food, gas and hotel to the game, dude. I'd be willing to go to that, man. If yeah. they got the Eagles, because I fucking hate the Eagles, dude. All right. Well, I don't think I don't think it'd be that expensive. I don't think it'd be that expensive of a ticket either, dude. Maybe the Eagles fans might be driving the price up, dude. I feel like the Falcons fan base is really, really kind of let the I don't know. The teams probably let the fan base down, but I feel like the fans have not really been there for the Falcons in the last three or four years. It sounded like there was a lot of people in Chicago yesterday for the Falcons, and we went to that Bengals game last year, dude. There was a shitload of Falcons fans at that game. I was shocked. Yeah. Interesting, man. I just, I just know when I see the home games on TV, dude, there's just there's none of the fire that I feel like used to be in the Georgia Dome. Yeah, that is an issue. You're not wrong there. All right. NFC South matchup, Jaguars playing for the division championship. They would need the Texans to lose, and then they win. They're just still in line for a wild card, though, regardless. Um, up against the Titans, dude. I think the Jaguars get this win. Titans have really kind of crapped out since that huge – uh, Monday night victory against the Dolphins. Uh, my hope for this is just, dude, Will Levis, if he does end up playing, he got knocked out of the game again last time. Just don't let this dude get like an ACL tear or something like that that's going to going to linger into next season. Uh, their O-line's been so horrible, man. So I think Jags win, and I just hope the Titans make this out unscathed. This could be a pretty emotional game for Titans fans. There's a very realistic chance that this is Derrick Henry's last game in Nashville, and if it is, what a freaking tour of service for him, dude. He's been just a straight up warrior for that team for the last, uh, you know, the last eight years. Um, and, and hopefully they can find a way to give him a good send off. Dude, future Raven Derrick Henry is what you meant to say. But uh, either way, um, I'm going to go Titans, dude. I think Vrabel cooks something up this weekend. I think it's more just me hoping that the Titans win because I really do want the Texans to win the division just so me and you could tell people to shove it after everybody was like, oh, there's no way they're winning the division. You guys are idiots. Like, dude, they're tied for the division lead going into week 18, so you guys can all suck it. Me and Seth knew what we were talking about. (laughs) <laughs> all right. I, I mean, I'd love to see it, dude. It'd be great. And if Tannehill plays, man, he's motivated. He's trying to get, you know, another one-year contract somewhere next season. So it's not like he's going to be mailing it in if he goes out there. Um, yeah, hopefully, it, 
let's just wish for an interesting game, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, heading out to the NFC West, Seahawks at Cardinals. Seahawks need a little bit of help to make it in, playing the 4-12 and Cardinals, coming off that huge uh, victory against the Eagles. I think Geno and the Seahawks bounce back and get the win on Sunday. The Seahawks don't need any help. The Seahawks get in if they win. They're, they're, they're the seventh oh, seed they're right now. They're still winning in? Yeah, they're, okay. they're winning right. in. Yeah, they're, they're going to get it done. Oh, no, they're not, dude. They're behind Green Bay. I think Green yeah, Bay beat them. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, dude. I thought, I thought I saw the Seahawks need a little bit of help. Oh, God, dude. So Green Bay has to lose. Green Bay is winning in. Fuck. It's very convoluted, man. This is one of the that, – that's the one downside to having the um, the extra wild card team, dude. You get some really screwy scenarios, man, with it. And it goes really deep into some of those teams that are, you know, sitting there at 8-8, eight 7-9 and eight, seven and nine going into the last week, man. So, yeah, Seahawks need a little bit of help. Uh I think they get the win, though. Yeah, I'm going Seahawks as well. They're playing the same time as Bears and Packers, dude. You know the Bears would love nothing more than to ruin the Packers season, man. One of the oldest rivalries in the NFL. I think the Bears get it done, man. I think I think the Bears find a way to freaking uh, get this thing done and beat the Packers and ruin their season on Sunday. Remember the Packers had it last year, dude. They had to win and get in and lost to the Lions in the last game of the season. Dude, are you watching the college football game right now? Yes, dude. Just fumble that midfield. Michigan's got it back. Chance to go in and uh, take the lead on Alabama now. Insane. Yeah, I, I, but again, yeah, I think the Seahawks win. So, Dude, so I was looking at the stats last night, man. It has not looked pretty at all, dude. I feel like it's a situation where maybe a handful of really good games have kind of carried him to this. But, dude, just looking at the numbers, Jordan Love's had a hell of a season, dude. He's at 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions right now. I think he's number three for touchdown passes in the NFL on the season. Yeah, he, he's been pretty good this season. Who'd you pick in this game? Sorry, I forgot we moved on to the next one. I pick Bears. I'm going Bears. I just think the Bears are playing at a higher level right now, dude. I just – I do not. I think they're gonna, and, and this is their Super Bowl, dude, right? Like, Everflew's still playing for his job. His job's still up in the air. Justin Fields is playing to try to solidify himself as, you know, the QB there for the long term. Yeah. I think they got a lot to play for, man. I think they sneak up in Lambeau and get the win. Yeah, I'm going Bears as well. This is a tough one to call, dude. I just about flip a coin toss, man. Chiefs and Chargers in L.A. I say Chiefs win just because they are the the better team, but who knows what KC is going to even roll out there, you know? Yeah, I mean, they can't get the two seed no matter what. So I, yeah, I think so they're going to be so going they're, on the they're, road. They're, they're already locked game. into the three seed at this point, I think. I don't even think – Anybody can yeah, they don't have them. a ton to play for, man. They have nothing to play for because the Jags can't pass them. Could either the Colts or Texans pass them? Like, I don't really know how that would get sorted out. It would probably be common teams because they beat Jacksonville. Yeah. I'm still picking the Chiefs. I do think the Chiefs get it done just because the Chargers have been such a mess. But, um, but yeah, I could. The char- this, this is one. Who, who knows what this game's even going to be? Yeah, I'm going Chiefs as well. Broncos and Raiders in Vegas. I think the Raiders get the win. Broncos are a mess right now with this whole Russell Wilson drama. Um, and um, Antonio Pierce is playing for his uh, playing for his job, really, or coaching for his job. They The Raiders played a good game against the Colts yesterday. They just didn't have enough in the end. I'll tell you what, though. Dude, the Chargers have to be the most underwhelming team. Uh, may not of all time, but 
definitely of this season. Like, dude, they had so much hope going into this season. And to go out there and lose to a Jarrett Stidham-led team, like, dude, I just don't – I don't know what the fuck Chargers are going to do, man. They, they <laughs> And they're in, like, salary cap hell, too, I think. So, yeah, they got some older guys. They, they had really kind of gone all in these last two years. Yeah, I don't really know what they're gonna do, but yeah, either way, I'm I'm going Raiders because I think Pierce is a good. That would be a a stupid decision if they don't hire him. Yeah, it seems like the players are behind him, um, dude. You're already paying two coaches at this point, man. I I'm sure Pierce is going to be on the lower end of salaries as far as NFL head coaches go. Just dude, give him a three year contract and let's see what let's see what it turns into, man. Yeah, God, what a, dude, I feel I could have stuck the ball in my butt and farted out a better field goal attempt than that kick right there. That was horrible. Good God, we got ten minutes to go. Alabama getting the ball back up for what you read, man? Can I, I know you're a Big Ten loyalist, dude? Like, are they going? I am uh, not. I am not a Big Ten loyalist. Relax on that. I almost root for all of them to lose. Like, don't ever, <laughs> don't ever get it twisted, dude. Today, <laughs> I, I was thought rooting, you were just blindly loyal to the no, Midwest, no, 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 dude. No, no, regardless, no, no, no. Today, I was rooting very heavily against Wisconsin and Iowa. So, don't get it twisted. I am not a Big Ten loyalist. Fuck all those teams. Like, I hate Michigan. I just think I hate Bama a little bit more, but I, I I thought the way the first half went, Michigan was just going to end up winning this game pretty easily, but I don't know what the hell happened in the third quarter. They just stopped playing. I'm, I, Nick Saban, bro. Put the clamps on them. I still think Michigan has a better team, so I, I'm so hopeful they win just because I would like to see someone different too in the finals. Like I think Michigan and Washington would be awesome to see, um, but it's Alabama, dude. Nick Saban's almost unbeatable in these situations so yeah we got spoiled by the two years in alabama when they were actually like entertaining to watch this is back to like alabama football dude they're like the they're like the early belichick brady era patriots man just grinding it out the most boring style of football imaginable imaginable but they fucking win dude yep all right eagles and giants in new york uh, I think Philly rolls in this one, man. Philly's still holding out hope for a possible NFC East title if the Cowboys stumble. Um, I think the Eagles win. Yeah, I'm going Eagles as well. Rams and Niners in uh, San Francisco. Really, need, Rams could improve their playoff seating a little bit. but No, no uh, they can't. Niners, they, they absolutely cannot. The highest they can get is a six seed, dude. Eagles are the five seed. They cannot but if go they up. lose, they could drop down to the seven seed, right? Yeah, but they can't improve. You just said they could improve their playoff spot. Oh uh, well, they need to. They could Im- impact. I guess is what I should have said. They could impact their their seed. Um, I think the Rams get the win just because I think the Niners are going to be rolling out the the JV team or maybe even the freshman team for this game. Yeah, the Niners are playing nobody in this game. I'm going Rams as well. Cowboys and Commanders in DC. You mentioned earlier. <laughs> You mentioned earlier how bad they have freaking stumbled on the road. It's a classic rivalry, man. One of the one of the most heated rivalries in the NFL. Nothing would make Washington season would, would at least put a little cherry on top of the shit salad that they've had uh, this season than to fuck up the Cowboys playoffs uh, by sending them on the road for for the wild card round if they got the win. All that said, I still think Dallas wins. Washington's just been a train wreck for the last two months. Yeah. I- 
as bad as the Cowboys are on the road, I still think the the Commanders are worse everywhere. So yeah, not gonna happen. Unfortunately, I I think it would be funny if it happened. I also think it would be funny if the Eagles lost too, though. Like imagine the the Cowboys end up losing and the Eagles still lose, and it still ends up the exact same. I'm rooting against them, dude. I want to see the Lions get that two seed and you know right the wrongs of the NFL officiating. So yeah, I'm rooting for I'm rooting against the Eagles and Cowboys this week. Yeah. I get it. Um, season season finale for the NFL: Bills and Dolphins <laughs> down in Miami. Bills, like there's, if the Bills don't win this game, McDermott has to be fired. Like there, there's no question he's getting fired if they don't win this game. Yeah, agreed, man. What if what if they fired him and brought in Belichick? I think if the Bills fire him, I think they're bringing in Dan Quinn. Yeah, I can see that too. Um, but yeah, I, I think the bills get the win, man. Who knows if two is going to be playing or for you, if he is, you got to imagine he's less than hundred percent. I heard a really good description for the dolphins on the ringer NFL show. I was listening to right before we went live on here. They said that the dolphins offense, it's like the most impressive machine in the NFL, but it's one of those like finely tuned Swiss engineered things that like, if you drop the tiniest grain of sand in into the machine, the whole thing just falls apart, man. And I was like, yeah, that's, kind of pretty much how the season's been for them they look absolutely unstoppable at times but it seems like if you can get them off their game they don't got a ton of resiliency and bounce back and and it all falls apart typically in pretty ugly ways yeah they uh they definitely have some issues so they're in the playoffs no matter what luckily for them like they're playing for the division, obviously, still, but no matter what, the Dolphins are in the playoffs. So it won't be a complete collapse if they don't end up winning the AFC East. Like, I felt like the Bills were the best team in that division starting the season. We both did. So, I mean, it's not going to be a complete collapse, but it's still not going to be a good look if they end up playing in a wild card as a wild card. So, yeah. I mean, the, the big thing for them is the injuries, dude. The injuries are just piling up right now. It sucks because it was the same thing last season, man. They limped into the playoffs last year after having a pretty good regular season. Um, and I, I think they're just kind of, like you said, I think they're really running out of steam. Four or five weeks ago, dude, they were looking like, you know, you can make the argument they were the favorite to come out of the AFC. But at this point, um, I'm not sure how much confidence I have of them making past the first round, whether it's as a, uh, you know, as the division champ hosting in Miami or going on the road. All right, so let, let's just say things play out and the Dolphins end up losing and they get the sixth seed and have to go to Kansas City week one. I, I still think they can win that game just because of how dysfunctional the Chiefs are right now, but I wouldn't have a whole lot of confidence in it with the injuries that they have. I wouldn't pick them. I'd pick no. the Chiefs, man. <laughs> it wouldn't, wouldn't be either. a sure thing. wouldn't be a sure thing, but I would pick the Chiefs. That would be like the most Tyreek revenge game of all time, though. Like, dude, I feel like that dude would just tell him just to chuck the ball in the air every play and let him just run <laughs> under it. Dude's probably going to try to go for Put like me 600 back. yards. Tyreek, yeah, if two was hurt, fucking Tyreek be taking the snaps at quarterback, dude. <sighs> Man, could you even imagine him just running like an option? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a wrap for our regular season picks, man. We will uh, we'll reset. We're just going to go straight up game score, uh, you know, game by game for the uh, playoffs, man, and see who can win the uh, the championship for the playoffs. So, uh, you know, Jordan, you are a worthy competitor, man, for the, the picks championship this season. My, my, I, I tip my cap to you. It was fun. It was a, it was a good first season of uh, goal line for picks, but uh, we ain't stopping here. All right, let's get to Million Dollar Bets.
Big dog, tell us how we did last week. All right, I had Browns minus seven and a half for a hundred K, and I had Eagles Cardinals over 47 and a half for a hundred K. Got both of them. So on the season, I am 19 and 15 plus 400 K. Seth, you had Seahawks minus three and a half for 25 K, and then you had Texans minus three and a half for 50 K. So on the season, that puts you at 20 and 14. Uh, plus 325k so i i pulled ahead with that week man that was a 200k week was a big week for me all right so unlike picks the the million dollar bets is going to continue through the playoffs so we'll see who's ultimately holding the crown at the end we're still neck and neck i'll go first man i'm gonna put 100k on the raiders minus two and a half against the broncos i think uh I think uh, Coach Pierce solidifies his spot and uh, locks down that job for 2024 with an impressive final game this season. Okay. All right. I am going to go Seahawks minus three for 100K. I just, dude, they have to win this game. So I just, I feel like they're going to win. Back against his wall, Pete Carroll, back against the wall, Pete Carroll uh, typically gets it done. Yep. All right. And. This is just a funsy, man. I'm going to throw 25K. I think the Panthers cover plus five and a half against the Bucks. I don't know if they win. I think they cover, though, man. I think this game ends up being a freaking nail-biter. For 25K, you say? Yeah, I'm throwing 25K on the Panthers plus five and a half. All right, man. I'm rolling another 100K bet. I am going Eagles-Giants over 41 and a half for 100K. I never like the over-unders, man. these, These always seem way too iffy to me, dude. Well, I've I've hit, really I've hit underdogs, dude. I've hit the Eagles one now two weeks in a row, so might as well just ride it out and see if I can keep it going. They can't play defense and they score, so true. All right, we do got a couple mailbag questions. We will uh, we will answer and then we'll be out of here, man, for the uh, the regular season, dude. Sounds good. All right, Sam Rosenthal says, "Who wins the AFC South this weekend?" I think the Texans, man. I think we're both kind of on board with that, right? No, you picked the Jags to beat the Titans, so the Jags are going to win the AFC South, according to you. Oh, no, I thought if the Texans win, the Texans got it, dude. Nope, the Jags have to lose. Hold on. Yeah, the Jags have to lose. What's the Jaguars' record right now? Their conference record's 4-1, and one, dude. And the Texans and Colts are both 3-2 and two in conference. The Jags would win if they won the won the game this weekend. Did the the Our division the Texans record. Division right The Texans didn't sweep the Jaguars when they played. I thought the Texans beat the Jaguars both games. They did not, buddy. They lost to them the third week of the season by 20. Or no, oh, the Jags lost t- the third week of the season. The, the Jags won at Houston on November 26, 24-21. Got it. Okay. Yep. My bad. So, In my mind, yeah, I thought the, the Jags swept them. Yeah, the, the Jags have to lose for the Texans to win. Okay. That, that's why I picked the yeah. Titans to win. Unfortunately, yeah, I'll go Jaguars then. All right, and then he says, what would you prefer, your team making the playoffs, but you know you'll lose in the first round or a better draft pick? I'm always going to take the playoffs, man. Now, I, I would take a high draft pick over, like, being a fringe playoff team, like barely missing the playoffs. I think that's the worst thing that can happen. But I'll always take making the playoffs just because you never know what could happen once you get in there. 
Yeah, I, I'm never going to root for my team not to make the playoffs. The only way I root against my team to win is if, like, you're in, like, top five draft pick status. Like, that's the only yeah. reason I would ever do that. But, yeah, I'm rooting for the Falcons to win this weekend, just so everyone's clear. Like, I will never root against them, especially against the Saints. So, yeah. Dude, it, I don't know if it's just because it's one, uh, you know, one game a week or what, dude. I just feel like tanking does not work in football the same way it does in basketball and baseball, man, like the losing in football can just, it can really take over the culture of your organization much quicker than it can in like baseball and basketball. I feel like it's easy to shake off like a horrible season with a bunch of losses in those sports, man. But sometimes, sometimes just bottoming out in football, dude, it it can really freaking stick with you. Yeah, I agree. And then the fig wife, the lovely Ari says, has a sports moment ever made either one of you cry? And I already, I had to reply to her question just say, yeah, you were there. Dude, I had a lot of sports moments that year that made me cry. The Cubs coming back from 3-1 down in the World Series to win. Definitely cried on that. The Cavs coming back against the Super Warriors. Definitely cried that night. And then, yeah, dude, the Falcons won. I still have never seen that overtime. Like Seth will tell you, I walked out of their house the minute that game went into overtime. I've never seen the overtime. Like, I I contemplated jumping in the ocean, so it wasn't good. (laughs) Uh, do you got a couple of ones last second Zach Hertzler a good buddy said biggest upset of the weekend I think it was definitely you know Eagles and uh, and Cardinals right Kyler maybe, getting the win maybe there. he's talking about this upcoming weekend like who do we think is oh, going to get upset yeah you're probably right um, going Jags I'll Jags say, are losing I know I picked against it I say Ravens beat the Steelers dude I think the Ravens just get it done uh, I don't if I, if you make me pick an upset man yeah um and then Chad Smith, one of the uh, two bad Chads from Trimble Tavern, he had asked what happened to the Eagles. We kind of already dove into that. You know, just the vibes are off big time uh, there in Philly, man. So that's it, dude. Dude, we finished our first regular season as uh, as full-time NFL podcasters, man. This was pretty damn fun, dude. It was, man. This was a good time. Uh, it went way too damn fast, though, dude. It seems like I we know. just started last week. I know. I feel like we were ironing out, ironing out our format freaking two weeks ago, dude. And here we are hitting the playoffs. Yeah, we're going to keep it rolling. I, I know we mentioned yes, this a couple are. weeks ago, but we're going to keep this rolling. We're not going to stop. We'll probably do bi-monthly once the uh, Super Bowl ends. We're going to talk some NBA. Bi-weekly. Yeah. Oh, no, bi-monthly, not bi-weekly. Bi-weekly would be we're doing tw- two a week. I thought bi-weekly meant every other week, dude. Yeah, maybe it does. Whatever, dude. Let's just... <laughs> hey, we're doing an episode every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, dude. <laughs> well, whatever it is, we're doing an episode every two weeks. But we'll uh, we'll talk some NBA, and then we're going to do uh, a season recap for every team. We'll obviously end it with the two Super Bowl teams, but... Uh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it. We're going to lean on you guys a little bit more for listener mail as we get going. Um, so, yeah, start thinking of some stuff for us to talk about in the offseason because it's going to be uh, rough pumpkins. We'll be doing 40-minute episodes every two weeks. Yep. All right, man. Hey, next week's going to be a special one. We'll be dropping. Uh, we'll be recording Sunday night, and, uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be dropping later on that evening uh, for to, to wrap up the NFL season with that Dolphins-Bills game. And, uh, yeah, can't wait to bring you guys the playoffs. It is going to be a wild ride. We will talk to you guys next week.
Sergi ride on for a Coke and a PBR. Yeah, I don't wanna watch the news. I don't wanna pick the phone up. Don't wanna sit in traffic with an empty can alone. Could I? 